Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Connor Grimm. I'll be one of your hosts. Joining me, as always, is Andrew Matrone. What's up, everybody? And making her fourth or fifth appearance, honestly, she's just a regular now. We have once again in the studio, Whitney Bess. Hi. Yeah. We're still playing around with the soundboard, Yeah. if you haven't noticed. I'm the effects guy. Guys, how is your uh, how's your week been? How was the weekend? You guys do anything fun, eventful, exciting? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so hot right now. It's it's, so hot. it's miserable. My son wants to go outside, and after like ten minutes, I'm like, bro, I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm, yeah. No, but it's, it's been a good season of life. You know, it, it's funny with this whole COVID thing. Of it's like the stages of grieving with it. You know, and, and I feel like the stages of grieving where you have like denial and anger and then depression and then acceptance is the final one. And I feel like we're yeah. our culture. Yeah. yeah. And our family's kinda of getting to the place of like, all right, we're gonna be in this for the next thirty years and so um how do we enjoy do life? Navigate and, that. Yeah. Yeah. So but I honestly I feel like it, it's a great place to be like, all right, God, we're just gonna accept the season and mm-hmm. enjoy it and trust you in it. And so I feel like our family's been in a good spot with this season. So, so spiritual. Yeah, seriously. I feel like I have an update on Best Farms. Okay, give us Best Whitney, Farms. Whitney, this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual podcast. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that I'm the this spiritual, spiritual one of the three. <laughs> hey, we are looking into mini cows. Oh, my. Mini cows. Miniature Highland cows. So if anyone on this podcast knows anything about that breed, hit me up. All right. Well, you have fun with that. <laughs> no, um, That sounds like a blast. What about you, Connor? Yeah, Connor, give us an update. Just been watching NBA playoffs, man. Watched, so good. Watched the Memphis Trailblazers game. Um, shout out to Jonte Porter. Uh, hey. yeah. Next year, man, next year. You guys got a good young squad. You're going to be legit. Um, but I, I always pull for the underdog, so I'm a Trailblazer fan this year. They just beat the Lakers last night, so. If you wanted to, if you didn't want to know that, too bad. Um, but hey, in all seriousness, we actually have an exciting podcast for you today. But before we jumped in, I wanted to remind everybody listening that every few weeks we have a goal where we want to do a Q&A podcast, where we genuinely just simply pick the questions that you sent in and do our best. And I say that, do our best to answer them. Right. Um, not only will this help us formulate that Q&A podcast, but also we just love getting a pulse on some things that you guys might want to hear covered in the podcast just overall. And so at any time, you can uh, send us a DM on Instagram, or you can email us at ya at redrockschurch.com. Send in those questions, and when we get enough, we'll do another Q&A podcast. So, um, and it helps us gauge, too, where you're at in life and what, what you're experiencing right now. And so mm-hmm. it helps us know also how to, how to be praying for our people and to be strategizing towards our future. So it's we really love when we get those. We do read those questions. We do. Yeah, yeah we, we really genuinely do. do. Yeah. And so send those in. Don't hesitate. Um, but today I want to jump into a topic that I believe is really interesting and pretty relevant um, to our culture, our climate, um, to, to people in our church. 
Uh, so the title of our podcast today is this. It's I Love Jesus, But Not the Church. Mm-hmm. I Love Jesus, But Not the Church. And I think we live in a time where it's very vogue to be critical and skeptical of establishments. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this line of thinking, and it's actually leaked its way into the church, and it's producing this sort of offshoot of Christian thinking that's basically, yeah, Jesus is good. Jesus is awesome. I love his teachings. I can get behind that. But I don't really see a need to go to church or to get mm. plugged into a church. And there might be some people even listening today that would go as far as to say, I see church as kind of like a negative or a right. bad thing. And yeah. so um, we want to engage with this idea of I love Jesus, but not the church. And so to kick it off, I kind of just want to throw this question out yeah. there. When we say church, what are we talking about when we say church? How would we define church for people? Yeah, and I think that's important. This whole topic is important. I'm actually really excited about about this today because I, I do think what you said, our, our culture is kind of anti-establishment. And we've almost kind of seen this this movement in some ways of like anti-church. Like, yeah, I love Jesus, but um, the church bothers me. Yeah. The people in the church bother me. So I, I do think it's important to like, what, what is church? Is church actually really important? And to answer what is church, in the simplest form, it's a gathering of God's people. It's it's people who who um, come from all different backgrounds, different race, um, different sides of the track you grew up on, even different political beliefs, um, but coming together with this same eternal value of we have a faith in, in Jesus Christ. We believe that through our faith in him, not only will our life be different here on earth, but we have an eternal value of we believe that we'll one day spend eternity with with Christ. And, and I think as believers, church attendance mm-hmm. um, is a high importance because it's a place where we can come together, worship, be encouraged, and learn from, um, from God's words and have spiritual growth and have community with people with common values. And the New Testament talks about it all throughout Scripture. And um, church is a New Testament biblical principle that you had Jesus in the Gospels who um, who brought this new teaching and this new way of life. And then when Jesus ascended into heaven after he went to the cross, now you have these disciples who were spread all throughout um, the, the world to begin to start this movement that turned into churches. And so when you read a lot of the New Testament, when Paul is writing, Paul isn't really writing, he's not writing to individual believers. Paul is writing yeah. to churches. Yeah. Um, so Ephesians is is Paul writing to the church mm-hmm. in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Philippians is church is Paul writing to the church in, in Philippi. And so there's a really important emphasis placed on the gathering of, of God's people. That's a very communal thing. And even in Hebrews 10, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And so it's this thought that we share something in common, and it's extremely important for us to not give up on meeting. And I think that people in this time have kind of been like, maybe it doesn't matter for us to meet because I kind of like this vibe of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Church is kind of weird for me anyways. Um, But you can't read the teachings and, and walk through Acts and, and deny the fact that the, the gathering of God's people, as we would call and even Paul would define as church, yeah. is extremely important. Yeah. yeah. I was watching this, like, theology seminar. That sounds so 
smart. You're so spiritual. I'm so smart. Just kidding. No, but his name is Dr. David Campbell. And to go along with your point, Andrew, like he made the parallel that the first century church and Jesus chose the name Ecclesia um, because it was different than the word they would use for religious gatherings at the time, which was synagogue. And so there was they chose this word specifically. Yes, it means like body company members, but they chose this word so that it's a separation from religiousness in that day. Mm. They wanted to make a point. Church in that day wanted to make a point. No, we are different. Mm. And this guy also goes on to say that the word church was originated far before the term Christian came mm. into being. So that means like, what does that mean? I was like, huh, that's a really interesting concept. So that means it's plan A for God. Yeah. Like in, um, when you read Acts, <clears throat> when there's a day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit comes, it was like a, a company of disciples, you know, a few, a room, and then they go out and then it was 3000 that mm. were added to their number. Right. Yeah. And it was like, gathering together and his spirit was like poured out together mm-hmm. now does that mean he'll speak to you individually absolutely but i think this um theology of like well i can be a christian and be separated from the church is actually and then this one might sound a little harsh but i think it's a little biblically illiterate mm-hmm. if yeah. i could be harsh and say that like th- that doesn't that's not what God's plan is. And we'll talk more about that. But I just thought that this guy was like, wow, mm, that's, interesting that's points really interesting. on what the church is and does. Right. Yeah. And, and Jesus spoke about his church often. And I think that um, yeah. it's, it's really easy for us to say, yeah, but when Jesus was saying that, he he was talking about the like people, a group of believers. And yes, that's true. That is true. But we can see from the disciples and Paul's reaction that when Jesus left, their interpretation of what he meant was to go start local bodies of believers in mm-hmm. different cities. Right. And so the Great Commission. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so absolutely, um, there is an emphasis of of individual spirituality. I think that we live in such an individualized culture that uh, we almost take that to such an extreme that we devalue a huge teaching and principle in the Bible of the coming together and the gathering. Um, and, and I would even go as far as to say the, the authority and the, the uh, yeah. accountability that mm-hmm. comes from community and groups. And so if that's kind of our definition of a church, the gathering of God's people, and we see that it's a very um, biblical principle all throughout the Bible and New Testament, why do you think there's a movement of people that's very popular today that say, okay, yeah, but I, I, I'm all into the Jesus thing, but I'm not necessarily about his church. And which is, it's, is a, I think a big population of, of this 20 something yeah. culture and the, the post Christian, I'm not crazy about that, that term, but kind of the post Christian, which is this Gen Z, the next culture coming up. Why would we decide to talk about it? Because this is a really legitimate question right. yeah. that I think people are like really trying to navigate with. Yeah, even in my personal life, when I when I meet with people and talk with people, it's funny because a lot of people don't have a problem with Jesus necessarily. Right. They kind of have a problem with uh, the establishment that's yeah. supposed to represent Jesus. Because Jesus actually um, represents, like we've talked about before, he represents a lot of the things people want yes. in this world that... Yeah. 
they 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 want they want justice Love, they want acceptance. yeah they want all those kind of things that Jesus so they actually there is a level of attractiveness to to some of that but church and Christians and yeah. have maybe deterred from from that or, yeah. yeah so so. In engaging with this question or this statement, I love Jesus, but not his church, I'm going to make a a very general and maybe broad uh, couple statements here. But I've found in my personal conversations and relationships, and and you might differ, you you two might have different experiences on this, Mm -hmm. that there there are sort of three um, big categories that when people have this mindset of I love Jesus, but not the church, they sort of fall into. And I would say this, the first would be people that have experienced something like this, that there are some churches that would just rather have people behave than be honest. There are some people that don't want to think deeply. There are some churches, rather, that would fear thinking deeply or mm-hmm. or this blind questioning of faith. Um, they don't want you to do that. They want you to come, believe what we think, um, even though this might be totally new to you. Don't ask questions and mm-hmm. just fall in line. Right. And that can be a really big deterrent for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a second category of people that might think like this that were legitimately hurt by the church, or I I should say rather a person in the church. Um, There is a a validity to your maybe questioning distrust, disdain for um, an established church. Mm -hmm. I know as a pastor, there's there's a very real reality for myself that there might be a person, hopefully not, but multiple people that have sat under my teaching or my counseling that mm-hmm. I've that I've hurt unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's real; it doesn't right. doesn't make the hurt any less. And so, I think that there are people that love Jesus but not the church because they've actually had some legitimate trauma caused to them mm-hmm. by equally broken and flawed people that work in the church. Um, and then or I, just by Christians. Yeah, or just or just by Christians, yeah. people that are supposed to represent Jesus and be mm-hmm. the church. Yeah. Um, but then I think there's a third group of people, and I think it's a group of people that just genuinely don't like authority. I think um, just our American culture and the society we live in, we're very independent, we're very driven. Um, and this idea of having an authority over you having somebody or a group of people to hold you accountable, to maybe call you out when you're wrong, that's so offensive in our day and age. Right. To, to look you in the eye and say, I disagree with your decision, and I actually think you're wrong, mm-hmm. that is like the biggest evil in our day and age. And so I think that there, and like I said, this is a general sweeping grouping, but there are people that have had a bad church experience. There are people um, who have actually legitimate wounds that need mm-hmm. to be healed and need to have apologies and, and all that. And then, but then there are just people that love being angry and, and don't like authority over them yeah. and, and hate people that check their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think for, for me, I, I, I could resonate with all these at, at some point or another. Yes. Um, but I, I think a lot of these things could stem from hurt, you know, people who are really angry at the church and, and create, you know, even like the Instagram hashtag or whatever, do better church, or it's like yeah. trying to cancel church culture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I feel a lot of things about that, but uh, you know, I, I think that it stems from a place of of hurt. And mm-hmm. I, I know for me, I grew up as a as a pastor's kid, Midwest Bible Belt, and I, I remember having a lot of strange feelings about church. I couldn't really articulate it, but yeah. I mean, I grew up in a culture where if people got mad, um 
because my dad was a pastor, like they would show up on our doorstep. Like these yeah. Christian Wild. people who yeah. loved Jesus and devoted their lives to church would show up on our doorstep. And I remember my dad would stand between them and our home and be like, <laughs> you know, um, I, I remember growing up and 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 seeing pastors have affairs on their wives and and being a third and fourth grader, yeah, <laughs> being like. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I don't know if I like these people who stand up here and say this, but that live one way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so that's actually why I ran from my my ministry calling for a while. Um, and so I, I understand the, the level of hurt that some people can have, sure. um, that you trusted somebody as a leader, and then they went on a sabbatical and they came back with this crazy theology and, and you, you know, or... Yeah. Um, or or you had a life group leader who did something wrong, and, and you have legitimate hurt. And since we're such a pain adverse culture, um, if church reminds me of that, if church reminds me of my pain and my hurt, or if some, um, I'm I'm going to try to mm-hmm. avoid it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like the plague, and and so I, I understand um, where, why some people that's like their biggest reason why they don't want to come to church and not not saying that's that's right for you to disengage with church the rest of your life but to validate that maybe you do have some real hurt mm-hmm. that needs to be reconciled yeah. um for you to to engage with um God's church as he wants you to yeah i mean i think i agree with all of these points and like hurt and baggage and church baggage it's so hard to overcome mm-hmm. and like willingly put yourself back in environments where I'm like, could I get hurt again? It's scary. But I think like my own personal story, I mean, I don't have a ton of church baggage, um, but I just know like a lot of my friends, family, they're just driven humans that it's just a time factor Mm. for them. Like I want to go to church and I guess I see the value in it. um, And I was raised in it, but you know, my career has taken up a lot of my time and I think there's like an unwillingness in our generation like millennials like we're so go-getters right um we're altruistic that church is like mm, like do I really see the benefit mm-hmm. in this yeah. me and, going through the parking yeah and finding a seat and yeah. the whole is it really worth is it, it yeah. yeah and some sometimes I even think like gosh like the church needs to progress progress because sometimes I'm like well are we really targeting Mm -hmm. the the right demographic but anyways that's I mean I think that's majority of like who I think yeah because you don't have to have this sentiment where I love Jesus but not the church I think that can come off as like I hate the church Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's not that we're not this podcast isn't dedicated to people that are angry about church. But mm-hmm. like like you said, there's there's a spectrum of this of you can be mad at the church mm-hmm. or you just might not see the value yeah. that a church would bring to your life. Right. You 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 read your Bible, you follow Jesus, you pray, but you're not engaged in a local church setting. And so I guess a question would be as a Christian and a follower of Jesus, is church you know, Jesus's church, is that something that I should care about or prioritize in my life? If I'm going to follow Jesus, why should I Hmm. care about, engage with, prioritize a church? And I guess this might seem like a, like a selfish question, but if so, 
what what are the benefits of that? Why mm-hmm. as a Christian mm-hmm. should I engage and participate in my local church? Yeah, yeah, I love this question because um, whenever I study scripture, Jesus likens his church to his bride. Yeah. So the perfect analogy for this is, okay, I like Andrew. My husband likes Andrew. But, you know, we, and Jerrica, if you're listening to this, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I just need to preface this. But for the purpose of this analogy, I hate Jerrica. I don't like her. Mm -hmm. But I really like you, Andrew. Mm -hmm. And not only is that, like, horribly offensive, like, right now you're probably like, I know it's hypothetical, (laughs) but you're like, I could punch you across the table. (laughs) I would Because that's your bride. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's not only horribly offensive, but there's also going to be a loss of relationship between me and Andrew, between Connor, or sorry, Conrad and Andrew. And the friendship can only go so far. Mm -hmm. And I can only achieve um, so much in this relationship. And so much is the same with this concept of Jesus in the church. Mm -hmm. And I love that all throughout scripture, I mean, you can see, I think I counted like 40 different times um, in preparing that Jesus in his church and his bride, Jesus and his bride, Mm -hmm. Jesus and his bride, 40 different times. And there's this beautiful metaphor of marriage and there's a scripture in Matthew, and it says, what God has brought together, let no man separate. And you've mm. probably heard that at every single wedding you've ever been to. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love that we can draw the parallel of like, okay, how does God talk about marriage in the Bible? Mm. And we can attribute the same concepts to Jesus and his church. So let, let no man separate mm. Jesus and his bride. And so the duality of Christ and his church, like, cannot be separated. And so, like, why? And, like, what are the benefits? Like, I personally believe that um, the church is the hope of the world. I know for my own self and my own story, um, when my mom passed, that the church was rushed into that brokenness. And I'll never forget, like, Scott Brugman, one of our founders of this church, he made sure everything was taken care of. Like food, had it delivered to my parents' house. Like after, like everything, like songs, like whatever we needed, it was like taken care of. And that's like the hope. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also there's like promises of God. And we, I personally believe like when I'm in the church, man, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And not to derail this whole thought process, but I know as a female in ministry, like I was reading this study that, um, from 2012, 31% of females in the church are leaving. Mm. And that, and that there was like all these parallels of why they think this is happening. But the baseline was that there's not female representation in the church, mm. um, in leadership and in, in roles that they're, um, mm. speaking, teaching, singing, whatever. Um, and so I, I believe that while we're in this cancel culture, that, that Jesus and his bride of the bride of Christ, it should be that we can sharpen each other, that I'm not going to run to do better church and lick my wounds and say, you know, as a female, I'm not represented. No, mm-hmm. I want to be like in the fight. I want to have hard conversations. I want to serve and support so that the next generation of females behind me can be stand on my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, that's and awesome. so I think that is like we cannot separate like jesus loves his church and and can i say that's that's hard yeah and i think we live in a day and age where we love to voice our opinion Mm -hmm. but we very few people 
love to put in the work mm-hmm. that goes with the opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, we see it in everything. Uh, it's it's nothing new, but now we just have a platforms that can go yeah. acl- across the globe where you can be adamant about something mm-hmm. and not put a cent in, mm-hmm. like skin-wise in the game, um, to see change. Mm-hmm. And so to say... We're not on this podcast saying every church is perfect and you right. just need to get over it. Actually, quite the opposite. Well, I mm-hmm. want to validate that church is built on imperfect people mm-hmm. doing their best to not only pursue God, but then facilitate that presence to other yes. people. When as a pa- when a pastor goes to church, he or she is going to get healing mm-hmm. just as much as they are yeah. to preach a sermon. Like right. when I preach... I stand in worship to heal, to mm-hmm. to engage with God's presence. Like that's that's very real to me. And so mm-hmm. when you say like I don't want to run from this or just complain, I want to be in the fight. Mm-hmm. Man, that's going to be the thing that makes God's bride even more beautiful. That makes the church beautiful is when we're yes. we're not here to bash the church and mm-hmm. and we're not here to pretend like there aren't flaws. What right. we're saying is God cares deeply about it. Mm-hmm. And it's people that are going to be willing to invest in it that can make it as beautiful as Jesus wants it to be one day and continuing to grow and grow in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that thought that you said, Whitney, of if if you like one spouse but not the other, there's going to be a strain on that that relationship. Um, and I think the same goes in line with Jesus and his bride, which is the church. You love Jesus, but you're not really fond of the church. It kind of bothers you. There's gonna be, there's not going to be the fullness of, of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I know for me, my, my wife, Jerrica, just as I am, she has flaws to her. Right. She's imperfect, right. um, as I am to the 10th degree. Um, and if you're like, I can't, I only like you but not her, then – our relationship can only go to mm-hmm. a certain level. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's the same thing. Like the majority of pastors I know are doing their absolute best yeah. to reach people. Um, to <laughs> Like this season for churches has been really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of pastors who are hurting um, because they're trying to do the best they can to engage their people. Like pastors are doing the best they can, but church is flawed. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, um, it's made up of a lot of hurting people who are trying to do their best. And and I think that we have to be accepting of that because I'm going to be accepting of you when you walk in with all your flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just think that what's, what's tough is that, you know, what's interesting is that the more hurt you are by relationships, usually the, the higher expect, expectations you have of future relationships. And I think that's why we see a lot of people who are church hoppers or or. Mm-hmm. They walk into a church like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I don't like that song. I don't like, and they don't allow themselves to really engage with it because they've been hurt before. They've been bothered by church. So they have these expectations mm-hmm. that this pastor should look a certain way or preach a certain way. And the people around should, the greeters should yada, yada, yada. And um, I, I just think that you have to, just as you and I, accept the fact that the bride of Jesus mm-hmm. is a, is a flawed, broken thing, but he is using to bring yeah. hope to the world. And he's not yeah. depending on us to build it. Yeah. He's saying, I will build yeah. my church. But I'm going to use all throughout Scripture, Jesus uses. There's not a person that he uses that isn't broken or flawed, no, and I mean, that's the church of Christ. He, he yeah. literally says to Peter, which we, we normally depict as 
probably the most broken, outspoken, yeah. denies <laughs> Jesus, cuts a dude's ear off. Like, Hypocrite. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to build my church on you. And that's mm-hmm. Jesus with all foreknowledge, all wisdom mm-hmm. in the world is like on you yeah. and on, on your statement of who I am, I am going to build mm-hmm. my church. And so I would also like to bring a, a, another sort of perspective on this. Why, why is it beneficial to engage in church as a Christian? Why, why is this sort of sentiment of I love Jesus but not his church kind of ironic and contrary to one another? Well, it's because Jesus made a promise. He said, I will build my right. church. Yeah. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm. And I, and I want to be careful when I'm saying this because there is obviously an individualistic aspect to our relationship mm-hmm. with God. But Jesus didn't say, I'm going to build a Christian and the gates of hell won't mm. prevail against it. He said, I'm going to build my church. Mm. And so when we get this mindset of this, this sort of like rogue individual spirituality, um, I think we're less powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that um, all the good that comes being a part of a local body, the accountability, the teaching um, helps take ground mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God. I mean, the Bible even says, I want to say it's in 1 Corinthians. I have it written down here. It says this. It says, now uh, twelve twenty seven. it says, now you are the body of Christ, mm-hmm. but you're an individual member of it. And Christ being yeah. the head. And mm-hmm. so it continues to go and to use the example, um, you know, is an eye better than a foot? Is a hand better than uh, a leg? Like, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. But if we have this, the, the whole point of it saying that is no, like we need one another to make up the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I am not the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We together make up the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you are living as somebody who's trying to be a follower of Jesus, you're a Christian, you love Jesus, but you're separated from the local church and you don't you know, you, you don't really love the local church, you're kind of like a finger just walking around. <laughs> and and you don't have the power of an arm or a shoulder or a head or a leg mm-hmm. to to carry out the mission that God's given you. So there, the benefit, I think, is there's strength in numbers, there's encouragement, there's yeah. there's solid teaching. You get a lot of rogue people with weird theologies that kind of <laughs> come back when they don't have that mm-hmm. community to yeah. process and hold each other in check. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that that's, uh, <laughs> that's a funny analogy. I was picturing a, a, a finger walking around. <laughs> <laughs> At once you said that, I was like, I don't know what else you said for the past two minutes. <laughs> um, no, you know, you know, I, I think what what I want to be careful. Is, we're not saying that just show up to. Obviously, COVID is changing things, but yeah. is to show up to any church and just say, I'm going to devote my life to this right. random church down the street. <laughs> we do believe that um, that God's going to call you to a certain mm-hmm. um, certain place and a certain time. Um, but we are saying is if you're church shopping, I hate that verbiage, but you know, you still have to like figure out like, does this vibe with yeah. me? Do I, What's you know, your flavor? yeah. And that's, and that's totally fine. I, I don't get offended when someone's like, Hey, I'm just checking this place. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. And if this isn't, isn't for you, I don't want you to be here because it's not going to serve you best mm-hmm. and you won't serve us best. Um, so do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you have to approach church with a lot of grace mm-hmm. Um, of, I know I'm broken, and these people are allowed to be broken as yeah. well. Um, you know, so you have to approach church with a lot of grace. 
And then I think what we're saying is that you have to, once you decide the place that you're going to give yourself to is, is give yourself to that church. Um, mm-hmm. I think that if if you're not getting something from a church, kind of what Keaton said last week, um, you're expecting something from a relationship that you're not willing to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want something from the church that you haven't been willing to give. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not just talking about give financially. We do believe that you should tithe to the local church, but you haven't given of yourself to it. You, you haven't uh, been a consistent in your attendance or giving or joined a group or serve. And so you're expecting the church to do all these things and be all these things for you, but you're not willing to play your part. You're not willing to be your part of the body mm-hmm. for the church. And so I, I think hopefully we've we've proven the fact that like church is important. It's a it's a God establishment. Um that Jesus and all the writers of the New Testament and the, the book of Acts, which is the, the the development of the church basically, um, has proven but you you have to approach churches understanding that it is a bro- it is a broken mm-hmm. establishment, but a, a God ordained one. And once you decide what you're going to give your life to, is like actually give your life to it. Yeah. yeah. And you'll probably find yourself really, really falling in love and experiencing, falling in love with the church and experiencing mm-hmm. healing within the church and all the things that you desire from a community of of God's people. I think is right there for the taking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, th- there's a verse Psalm 92:13. It says those who are planted in the house mm-hmm. of the Lord will mm-hmm. flourish in the courts that. of Amen. our God. And man, I I was the prime example of an uprooted tree <laughs> in college. Mm-hmm. I was your quintessential just got saved, went to Bible school, clearly knew more than every person that had ever <laughs> been a Christian. Right. Um and I would attend churches for a while and hop around and hop around. And it wasn't because I was shopping. It's just because I was prideful and thought I was better than everyone. Um, but it wasn't until I, like you said, gave myself to mm-hmm. a church um, that I really kind of experienced that promise of flourishing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I got a wife overnight or my bank account just magically started filling up. It's not magic. Yours did it. <laughs> well, I <Really>? wish. <laughs> Maybe I need to try a little harder. But no, but but just things in your life. I found genuine friendships and community. Yeah. Kind of like what you said. We, I had a relationship with people that had an eternal focus, which mm-hmm. was just so different than other right. relationships that I had. And I just found in my life in intangible ways. Like mm-hmm. once I started volunteering, once I started giving my money, once I just started showing up to help, like whatever. My life started flourishing, mm-hmm. and like I said, I'm not. I didn't become rich. I'm still not rich. I didn't I drive a 2001 Honda, like you know, like I, I didn't find my wife overnight. But it was just these intangible parts of my heart that were like, oh yeah, God's word is true. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm made to follow Jesus with other people, mm-hmm. and I, and I see the benefits of this happening all throughout my life. Well, and blessing usually follows obedience, and yeah. you were obedient to. Um, the call of God to be planted mm-hmm. in the house of the Lord and to devote your life to the gathering of God's people. And I think that, um, I just think that it, it's so important. And and you do see, like, whenever I'm like, because even if, as a pastor, I can still kind of disengage myself from church. Mm-hmm. Um, I can just show up and be like, well, I'm getting paid, so I, mm-hmm. I need to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still a level for us. Don't don't hear from us, like, you well, you work at a church, so it's easier. I promise you, it's actually it may be more difficult because yeah. there's probably more days than not where I'm like I don't want to be at the church, yeah. um, and so 
we we even as people who get paid to do ministry still have to figure out how to plant ourselves in mm-hmm. the house of the Lord with the community and still sit in service and engage with with worship and you know so it's yeah. um we all have the same call and it it's it equally takes takes effort for for that to happen yeah. yeah one of my favorite messages you ever gave in your life was planted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the best go look in the archives and find it but i know for me and conrad man the danger that we have seen um is a lot of people in the Littleton community, like they'll, they know that church is there mm-hmm. when they go through a hard time. And we are there always to like welcome right. them and like open up our arms wide. But there's a part of us that is sad for them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like you are going through life, but you're not flourishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wish like maybe just give it um, six months. Where you're like, I am planting myself in a local church mm-hmm. and just see what happens. Like, give it time. Like, I know Doug, um, he did a message about, like, if you're walking 10 years into a forest and it's dark and scary and you've developed patterns, you've lost your way, and then you give the church a month and nothing happens. Well, mm-hmm. that's not fair. Yeah. Like, there's mm-hmm. been a lifestyle decades of you making decisions and going your own way and going rogue. And so for me, I know the benefit of church, like what Andrew's saying, I know for me, I'm like, do I get a personal revelation and experience and prophetic word every single time I'm in church? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, how often, how often do you feel like you, you walk away from a church service being like, Mm -hmm. wow, yeah, man, God, like really, He's always yes. speak, but you know, like, but yeah, how often yeah. do you, do you feel Called that? My name out yes. individually. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. But there are times. But then I look back at you know last quarantine season. Let's take this season, and I'm like, you know what? Life could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And personally, God is revealing so much to, to me to me in just being planted. Mm-hmm. And I would have never, 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 never. I know never had that realization now yeah yeah and sometimes i think that people um don't think that they need church until they mm-hmm. need church yeah and i i, I experienced that with teenagers all the time yes. a lot or even a lot of young adults mm-hmm. um who I hadn't seen in a while mm-hmm. and i'm like bro <laughs> <laughs> what happened over the and yeah. they're like man i need to be Desperate. back here i, I need yeah. this but then if that's your relationship with the church you're going to come and you're going to need a word mm-hmm and we talked about tithing that day or give, yeah. being generous, but you needed, you needed a word on healing. Well, mm-hmm. you didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, well, I tried the church again. It just, yep. whatever. No one talked to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't, don't, be a, don't allow yourself to be a victim of church. We all have, our, we all have our reasons of why church is, is, is difficult. But, but when we say, like, love, why I should love the church, remember that, that love is a verb. That, yeah, that love so is is action. And so how do I love the church? Well, I, I love the church by attending, mm-hmm. by engaging, by by bringing my word, engaging with with the pastor as he speaks, engaging in worship, um, by, by giving and serving, inviting, praying for. That's how you how you love the church. We're not just saying this ethereal thought of of like, 
just love the church. Like, I yeah. love the church. No, what does it mean to love the church? No, yeah. it's it's action. When you read about what is love in, in scripture, it's it's all active. Yeah, um, it's patient. It's kind. Yeah, long suffering. Yeah, yikes. So you're so you're saying I'm going to commit myself to a church is what what you're saying, and I'm going to I'm going to stick it out for the long. Maybe God will call you to a different church. That's fine. Totally. Um, and He does that sometimes. Yeah. Don't don't crap on the pastor on your way out. <laughs> yeah. You know, of like, here's X, Y, and Z of why I'm no, just leave. It's fine. Go find it. You know, we get that a lot of like, here's why I'm leaving, because you suck about the you know, stop. That's like that's. I, I know. You yeah. don't have to remind yeah, me. Yeah, trust me. Everything you said is, is what makes me lose sleep at night. So <laughs> yeah. thank you for reminding me. Um, so leave quietly, um, but but just know every church is going to have their things. Yeah. And, yeah. But you you need to actively love the church, and you will start to see over time how it begins to affect your life in a, in a very positive, mm-hmm. and then you'll have a moment of hurt. Mm-hmm. You'll join a life group that sucks and mm-hmm. hurts you. Take your feedback up. Remember, this is God's establishment. He wants it. He's going to grace me for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to remember it's yeah. an eternal thing. Yeah. Like the biggest promise is in Revelation, the last chapter of Revelation, when Jesus comes back and he greets his bride. It's amazing. And he Read comes it. back for his church. And, yeah. and we don't necessarily in that sentiment mean he's coming back for Red Rocks or right. First Baptist or whatever, but <laughs> he's coming back for a collective mm-hmm. group of people mm-hmm. that have been pursuing him yep. together in community. Mm-hmm. Of all races. All yeah. races, of, all colors, all languages. Yeah. Gender. gender. All yeah. sins. Yeah. 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 Um, coming back for all of them. Man, I've loved this conversation, and uh, just for the sake of time, I think we kind of need to wind it down, but I love—so we've talked about how churches— um, a gathering of God's people, and it's very biblical. You can see it all throughout the Bible. Jesus talked about it. Um, his disciples and Paul interpreted Jesus's message of making disciples in the context of local gatherings of people. We addressed, and obviously we couldn't hit everything, but why there is this mentality of maybe I love Jesus, but I'm separated from the church. Right. We just talked about what it looks like. What, like, why should you? What are the benefits of engaging in the local church? I mean, you kind of mentioned this, Andrew, a little bit in your the last thing you said, but I kind of want to dive in it deeper because it, it could feel a little ethereal if we don't make it practical. So let's say you love Jesus, but you haven't really been engaging or participating in a church. Mm-hmm. How does somebody do everything we're talking about, mm-hmm. especially now in a season where the majority of churches across America are online, where mm-hmm. where it mm-hmm. seems like the only opportunity you have is to really just watch on a weekend. How how do we in this COVID season love Jesus, love his church, and participate and engage with that right now? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, th- I think uh, we, we talk about every weekend of, hey, it just it looks different, but we're still the church. The church goes goes with you. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I think that there are some practical ways that you can still engage with the church Um decide that, hey, maybe your first step is I'm going to watch every weekend. And there's so many opportunities. to but pick, pick a church and say for the next six weeks, I'm going to watch every single weekend. And and then I'm going to I'm going to tithe. So we, we talk a lot about that of whatever you get after taxes or before tax, whatever you feel is, is whatever you want to do. We say give give 10 percent of that. And so click a give button. And we're not saying Red Rocks Church. You can do it, but whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and then every church is doing groups, whether Zoom groups or, or whatever, and say, I'm going to try to join a group. So the, 
churches are like we're fully active. Young adults, yeah. I mean, we're doing the podcast, we're pushing people to our weekend experience, but we have groups going on. Mm-hmm. There's ways to to give. There's still ways to really engage. And if you don't do that now, you probably won't do it later. And it's actually probably easier for you to do it right now. Yeah, it's never been easier to at least take that <laughs> baby step. Yeah, because you don't have to you don't have to go church. through the parking and do the whole thing and be like, no one's talking to me. I'm yeah. grab my coffee and sit here. Um you, you could actually practically engage with it. And I promise if you do that now, it's gonna make it you're you actually might find some life. Like, I can't wait to worship with these people. Yeah. And you're gonna find yourself rushing through those doors yeah. when we open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, yeah. any final thoughts? Uh, I love that we're starting the watch parties. Yeah, getting a yeah. watch party. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really cool and practical way yep. um, to do that. And I just want to say before we kind of wrap this up and pray, um, maybe this podcast has challenged you because you've legitimately been hurt by a church. Maybe there's been a pastor or a leader that has wounded you mentally, physically, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I want to encourage you. Um, in, in no way, shape, or form are we belittling that. that that's real. Um, we're sorry for that. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. sorry. And, and, and that is a part of God's church being made up of, of broken, flawed, hurting people as well. Um, but I do want to challenge you in this. Don't let yourself live your life um, a victim to that moment. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I want to say that with the utmost respect, not belittling any situation. Um, but there's so much good that can come from from a local church and your story in the church. And so whatever that looks like for you, maybe your first step in healing is actually listening to a church service. Maybe it's finding a counselor and talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here for you. We love you. And we want you to heal because I genuinely believe that you will experience the most that God has for you in your journey of following Jesus when you do it arm in arm, shoulder in shoulder, with a group of other people who are pursuing the same thing as you. And so um, if that's your story, we love you, and we're here in any way we can be to help you heal from that um, and and get the most out of what God wants for you in in, in this life. And so, man, I've loved this conversation. this could be something we even come back to, you know, a month or two down yeah. the road or something like that. But um, before we close out, what could you pray for everybody that is listening uh, yeah, today? I love to. Um, God, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for um, the words spoken today. And God, I just pray that it has been an encouragement to the young adult community and beyond. And God, we do. We pray for the hurting people that have mm-hmm. been severely wounded by the church. And um, Jesus, we just um, pray blessing and favor over them. God, that um, they, we just pray, yeah, that you turn their um, hearts of stone into um, hearts of flesh, um, specifically towards your bride. And we just um, cover them in blessing. Um, the blood of Jesus covers all a multitude of sins. And so whatever sin they've experienced through the hand of a believer, God, um, we just plead the blood of Jesus over their life, over their story, and that there'll be a time of flourishing that comes when they um, reattach themselves, when they rejoin um, the mission of Jesus Christ yeah. and the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations um, and baptize them in the name of the um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, God, we just believe that for this community. We love you. Challenge us this week. Speak to us in a new way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Be sure on whatever platform you listen to to subscribe and share with a friend or two. Um, also, you can check us out anytime on Instagram, YouTube, and on our website at rya.org. We love you guys so much and look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.